0: This is Brian Gitt. This is Ed Lattimore.
1: This is Danielle Smith. This is Kristen Nagel.
0: This is Aaron Gunn. This is Vance Crow. This is Quick Dick McDick, and you are listening to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, folks. Happy Thursday. Um, yeah, we continue to roll on here in 2023. Um, we got an exciting guest again today, and I, I've been saying this lots, but uh, I I didn't. Plan this, and and certainly here uh, over Family Day week or weekend, um, we've got some time with the family, and, and we're going to make sure that uh, it's only the four shows. So there won't be a Thursday episode that week. But the guests, the people, the 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 conversations have been flying uh, as fast as I can handle them here on this side, and and uh, it's it seems that everyone's been holding on on the other side as well. And I appreciate you being here on a Thursday and and uh, coming along for the ride with me. Um, you know, I got a couple different thoughts before we get on to, uh, and before we get on to Greg. Um, so one, uh, we got some open slots uh, when it comes to advertising, sponsoring the show, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the Tuesday Mashup. We've been talking lots about it. We had AMC Electrical start this week. That's been a ton of fun. Uh, we're booked into May now. So if you're a business out there looking to uh, have some fun with us on the Tuesday Mashup, uh, the the years. I don't know, quickly, slowly, whatever you want, but it, it is filling up, and uh, I got to be honest, I did not see that coming. And so, if you know you're you're interested, once again, the the phone number is in the show notes. So make sure you just fire me a text, give me a call, and we can explore some conversations. Also, weekdays uh, we got some open spots. Right, we're we're still looking for a, a major sponsor on Fridays, and then there's some uh, spots in, in behind the major sponsor and uh, in the and the tail of the tape so if you're looking to get some uh you know support the podcast your business you like what i'm doing uh once again in the show notes is is the phone number would love to hear from you and uh we'll see what we can make work um uh, we got smp presents march 18th i was hoping like i'm just i'm so close to finalizing the details and and opening up ticket sales that's coming march 18th in edmonton it's going to have Kid Carson, Wayne Peters, Byron Christopher, and Chris Sims. So that's going to be, uh, I'm I'm really, you know, like the last one we did here in Lloyd Minster uh, on the rural-urban divide with, uh, with Quick Dick McDick, who you just heard, Vance Crow, and then Steve Barber. And that was a fun night. Like, if you haven't um, been to one of these yet, They have they just increasingly I don't know if the idea is starting to solidify or or what, but they they've been extremely fun nights and uh, so mark your calendar March 18th that's a Saturday in Edmonton and uh, tickets are going to be on I I promise here like ASAP I'm just waiting on one detail to just finally like sign on the dotted line you know and and move forward so as soon as I have that uh, tickets are going to be on sale and finally uh i've been i've been getting bugged a lot about a few different things okay so it came up again when i was in sylvan lake you know how can people uh individuals support the show and i'm I'm uncomfortable by it and i i don't know why i don't know why so i thought thursday i'll talk about it a little bit and uh and then you know text me if you got thoughts if you really don't care that that's fine too um i do have a patreon account i do not like it <laughs> And the reason I don't like it is a couplefold, you know, like one is, uh, the fees that come with it, right. They take a, a chunk of what you guys donate and then there's also credit card fees on it. So now you're getting hit with that. Uh, and so like, it's like, well, you can bitch and complain about it. Uh, but at least you're getting some money. It's true. Um, but then the next thing, the logical step that's going to happen, you know, is, is the same thing you've seen on PayPal recently is if you speak or have uh, certain thoughts, et cetera, they're going to eventually remove you. So long-term, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me. So I hate to I hate to promote it. Buy me a coffee has been another one. And and uh, I've kind of been hesitant to, to to go down those. Uh, and I guess I've been dragging my feet a little bit. And so I, I what I'm throwing out to all of you wonderful people is if you're like, man, I'd love to support Sean. But, you know, like, I, what do we do? Do we just start e-transferring money all over the place? I I don't know. Does that make any sense? I don't know. Uh, One of the things that's been brought to my attention is value for value. And so I'm slowly dabbling my feet into this world uh, of how, um, whether it's uh, Bitcoin or whether it's um, something along that lines, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of interested to hear what you all have to say. That's why you got your phone. You got the you got the number in the show notes. I'd love to hear what you want. You know, like um, Adam Curry was put on my was put on my. When um, you find folks put me on Adam Curry, and I've been listening to a bunch of how they, you know, make the the listeners the the producers of the show, and you pay a certain amount, and all of a sudden you you know you're kind of in the credits if you would for uh, making the show what it is. And I actually like. I think it's a a unique, interesting little idea. But at the same time, if you're all like, no, that's stupid and I don't want it. It's like, well, I was saying this once again, you know, on the weekend that one of the cool things about this show is a lot of the people I interview are directed from what you all want. You guys kind of steer the ship. I might be the captain, but um, you are uh, definitely helping guide where we're going and who you want me to talk to and everything else. So I don't know um if you're a business and you want to support there's the advertising route uh, and I I, st- I have open slots and I'm um I'm op- happy to talk to anyone and and uh and you know see where the conversation leads and would love nothing more than to have uh, some different people uh different companies uh supporting what I do um, and then there's this value for value. I think it is a very interesting idea. I'm just starting to explore some things. And, and as we move along, I'll probably talk a little bit more about it. And then just for, you know, all of you, if you think there's an idea that I'm missing or that I need to explore more, um, hit me up. I would, I would love to hear about it. Um, cause I'm sitting here and I'm, I've been thinking lots about it and I just, I don't know, uh, what to say, I guess I'm, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to slowly work through my thoughts, I guess, on this and, and give you something that, um, when it finally does come through, you all find a lot of value in it and, um, really want to be a part of it and continue to see and push to the show to continue to grow to, you know, my goal of being, you know, the biggest podcast or biggest show maybe in, in Western Canada. That's, that's what I want. I want to continue to talk about what all of you want to hear. And, um, but you know, on the, on the same token, you know, bills got to be paid and everything else. And, uh, so I'm anyways, I'm, I'm kind of rambling now. I just, I'm looking for your guidance, your help, your thoughts, all of that. And, um, if, if that strikes you show notes, phone number, shoot me a text And uh, let's start a conversation and see where it gets to. Yeah. All right. Let's get on to that tale of the tape brought to you by Hancock Petroleum. For the past 80 years, they've been an industry leader in bulk fuels, lubricants, methanol, and chemicals delivering to your farm, commercial, or oil field location. For more information, visit them at HancockPetroleum.ca. He's been a pilot for 30-plus years. He's the co-founder of Free to Fly. I'm talking about Greg Hill. So buckle up. Here we go. Welcome to the Sean Newman podcast. We're joined again by Mr. Greg Hill. So, Greg, great to have you back on.
1: Appreciate you having me, Sean.
0: Now, uh, every time you come on, it's it's something to do with pilots. Obviously, everybody knows you from co-founding uh, Free to Fly, um, and and you paying attention, being a former or well, not you're back flying, aren't you? You're back flying now. Yes.
1: Yeah, we, well, that's a story in itself, but um, I, I guess a good one for now. We, we hold everything loosely these days, not just in aviation, I would say, society as a whole. But uh, the majority of us are uh, are back since about uh, last summer, September, October. Whenever I say that, I like to point out the fact that there's a number who aren't, not just within aviation or otherwise, and I want to recognize those principled individuals who continue to uh, be unemployed due to their uh, to their health freedom choices. Right. So,
0: um, well what's uh, what's caught your eye like i've read the article but uh i guess you're the, you're the guy you're one of the probably many that are really paying close attention to aviation airlines uh everything in that uh realm what's uh what's the latest what's what's catching your eye uh, as of today
1: well i i guess we we tend to bifurcate life a little bit these days so what catches your attention if uh, if you're just watching CTV and CBC is uh, is a little bit different than if you're uh, digging a little bit deeper. And I guess we're, you're probably referring to the digging a little bit deeper part. And that's the. Uh, what's When's the making... last
0: time I I referred to CBC on here?
1: <laughs> well, not in a, not in an affectionate manner, anyway, right? But uh, <laughs> which, which is funny, right? I, I've appreciated your uh your journey uh because i went back in your podcasts quite a while uh quite a ways back when you were primarily just doing the hockey thing which is entertaining and great and that seems like a previous lifetime that we all used to enjoy where we could just talk about uh, rubber discs flying around the ice right um, and it, I've appreciated your, your journey where you've, you've taken the time to dig deeper and, and, and here you and you and I are con- conversing about some of that stuff again. So, cause I know CBC, um, just, just as a kid, I'm, I'm probably no different than you. That, that was my recollection of CBC it was hockey night in Canada. Right. Um, anyway, uh, to answer your question, um, the main thing and- that's been popping
0: What's and that? I would say those are, those are still good days. You know, I, I, we got, yeah. uh, we got the all-star break happening. You know, you got, uh, you know, here around Euler talk, you, you know, it's, it's the trade deadline coming up. You got, you got lots of great things and there's nothing wrong with it. I've been, I've been trying, yeah. you know, uh, for the listener, I've been trying, I've been failing at it. And maybe it's because I haven't put as much energy into it as having Greg, uh, back on to talk uh things that i seem to think matter but uh i, w- I would love nothing more than to you know like I, I how old's don cherry these days uh greg i would love nothing more than to have a follow-up uh sit down with yeah. him he would be uh when was when, when he born he was born in 1934 geez louise what would that make him that would make him 90 no almost 90 89 yeah. yeah yeah anyways Uh, that's a side note that's a side note i well i I think
1: it's uh it's an important note i mean i i uh, i was just talking about something similar uh and there's an aviation flavor to it but i think what you're saying is is there's a there's a deep importance to maintaining some normalcy in life right um and we're getting diverted from from your question and i'll get back to it that's all right but i like well, that's 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 kind of how you roll, right? So it
0: certainly I, I think
1: it's an important piece and, and I'll answer it in, an, in or refer to it in an aviation uh, lingo. So when we're in having a crisis in an airplane, uh, be it an engine failure or otherwise, there's a time worn mantra, aviate, navigate, communicate in that order, right? Um, You keep the blue side up, make sure the airplane stays in the sky. Then the next thing is, where are we going? Do we need to divert to a different field, et cetera? And then the last thing you start dealing with is talking to air traffic control and the flight attendants and and the company and let them know what's going on. But I, I feel like in society nowadays, what we have morphed into is mainly communication and largely consumption of it and consumption of copious amounts of information, all of which is very, very important but we, we are at times forgetting the foundational pieces of, of what I would call aviate. And, and it depends, I guess, on your personality. For me, that's the foundations of life, faith, family, friends, those type of things. And they get lost in the consumption of everything from endless articles, which in and of themselves are good, but they're not the foundational pieces of, of what keeps us right side up. And if we forget those pieces, then we're going to be very ineffective of doing the la- the second one, which is where are we going? Where are we, are we going as a nation? Uh, where are we going as a family? Where are we going as a community? And I think we're losing that because we're focused on this consumption of, uh, of what I'll call communication. Um, you know, and here we are creating more of it together. And I, I do think it's important, but I think your point is very valid is take some time to, uh, to, to go and do some of that hockey stuff with your kid. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, um, I just think, that, you know, even the, um, the live shows I've been doing, the SMP presents, uh, we mm. did one at the end of 2022, which was a comedy show. And I was just like, I think I need to laugh. I think, and if I need right. to laugh, a lot of people need to laugh. I think yeah. we can take a break from beating the drum to just go and have a, a, a you know, um, a little bit of laughter and, you know, uh, come, yeah. uh, come the Oilers, hopefully long playoff run. Sean plans to talk about it a little bit because it actually does mean something to me. And I would love nothing more for them to win a cup. And I'm fist pumping yeah. right now. Cause I feel like maybe we, maybe we're in the realm of being there. I'm going to have a whole bunch of texts probably come in saying suck at Oilers, but, uh, um, there, listen, they're, I go back and I've, I've said this lots and, uh, and then quick Dick and, uh, Tuzumi actually talked about it on stage, but you know, you want to bring people together, um, from all backgrounds. Uh, Daryl Sutter had, had said it and I really agree with him and he'd said three things. He'd said, uh, church, music, sports, and we added mm-hmm. in comedy and, uh, right. and certainly there's probably a few more in there. Uh, and, uh, at times when you just want to get people all on the same page, uh, a little bit of laughter, a little bit of, uh, mm-hmm. cheering and rooting on your team or, or the, um, you know, competition and different things like that is, is really healthy. It's healthy for a population, especially when we've all been stressed out and continue to see, uh, ineptitude play out Mm -hmm. on, uh, uh, (laughs) the grand scale here. Right.
1: No, I remember you saying that about, about Sutter and it's, it's a point well, uh, well taken. So.
0: Well, uh, and all that being said, (laughs) tell me about the world of pilots right now.
1: Yeah. So back, back to your question (laughs) when, five or ten minutes later. Um, so, the, the, I mean, one of the biggest things that's playing out, certainly in the social sphere and say what you will about it, is a lot of attention right now to pilot EKGs in the US. Uh, they've, they've taken something called PR values, which is essentially a, a parameter within which you need to fall to be considered healthy to fly. And they, they quietly extended it back in November. So I, I won't sit here and pretend to be an expert on PR values and EKGs because I'm not. But when I saw that, um, I thought, man, um, it's not the same in Canada. I I did speak to some doctors. We don't use PR parameters. It's essentially the EKG results are analyzed as to whether they're acceptable or abnormal. And then when they're abnormal, then you start start dealing with the abnormalities uh, from a medical perspective. But the issue in Canada, I thought it's almost worse because what happened to go back to 2020, so when we were all in that covid fog of is is this really bad or is it, is it not and and we've we've talked about that before transport canada and I'll give them some grace with this they said well hang on a second don't come in for your medicals we'll just we'll extend them right if you expired in march we'll extend them to july or august and then they as as it moved forward into uh, to later that year, then what you could do is you could actually just test you still don't show up, don't do your medical, just have like have your wife sign a piece of paper and send it to us saying that you're healthy um which is 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 somewhat comical because I, I would say a broad part of the demographic um particularly, I don't know, middle-aged men seem to be really bad for it. You got some acre pain and it's like, ah, I'll wait till I'm incapacitated because I don't really want to go sit in a doctor's office. Right. Pilots are probably worse because you fly or don't fly based on your medical status and that medical people stress out about it a fair bit if they do have issues. Well, then transport moved into 2021 where they simply came out with an exemption, um, And that exemption says you can do two telemedicals, meaning you don't need to show up at all. Now, remember, pre-COVID, you had to do an annual medical and if you're over a certain age, you had to do an annual EKG. Well, we are now still in February of 2023 in a situation where you can go 36 months with never seeing a doctor in person. Uh, And if you go back to the guidance to the civil aviation medical examiners, which is a Transport Canada doctor trained specifically in the aviation portion, uh, it's rather comical to read because it says pilots are not inherently dishonest, but they're essentially not going to tell you things without you uh, seeing them. And it it says in person. Uh, So we're in a situation now where. I can go to a crowded concert. I can go to a restaurant, to a sports event. I can sit in the back of an airplane with 200 other people and fly 14 hours and go to Australia as a pilot. And Transport Canada is still saying the reasoning behind this is physical distancing and avoiding hazardous healthcare scenarios. That's the reasoning, in spite of the fact that I can do all of these other things, which I absolutely welcome, and 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 we all want to get back to that normalcy. But I can't sit in a pristine airline office alone with my doctor because Transport Canada is concerned about physical distancing. It's a continuation of transport's total abdication as the regulator for safety in transport in this country, in my opinion. And uh, and we need to get back to in-person medicals for, for very, very, what I would hope are, are obvious reasons. So that's the situation in Canada. The stuff with the FEA gets more attention because you know better than anyone, Sean, that uh, that that. You know, U.S. media tends to, to dominate even here in Canada uh, sometimes. And so it's getting a lot of attention. But I would say the situation right now in Canada uh, is arguably worse because we're just not doing EKGs. Guys don't even know what's going on. And I've spent hours on the phone uh, with vaccine injured airline pilots um, who are in this situation and who, you know, unless they want to put their hand up uh, personally, uh, which, you know, they should be doing, uh, is, is, is going unnoticed.
0: So... Why do you think that is? You think is like is it is it just like it's the federal government and I I um you want to you're in you're in around Edmonton, you want to see a strange ba- uh, place go into the the passport building. They're living yeah. 10 centuries ago. Like it's, it's <laughs> like this mm-hmm. is strange federally uh, regulated as i am pretty sure i understand like I, I think i get that right and so yeah. you know part of it is they're sticking to the dogma of like mass save lives vaccine save mm-hmm. lives uh we're going to continue to physical distance we're going to blah 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 blah. and you're like yeah y- you guys are living under a rock like walk outside the door let's move on with life and whatever else um when yeah. it comes to the pilot thing you know you talk about the vaccine injured you know if there's been a hesitancy across the board it's been to give a voice to anyone who's been vaccine injured. Um, well, it's not
1: I, just to give a voice. that There's a hesitancy to even speak up, certainly within our sure. particular demographic for, for the reasons that I mentioned, right? Because like pre-COVID, we used to joke about it. If you go to your medical and you say... Uh, like once or twice I get a little bit of chest discomfort it's like whoa hang on a second and and you'd be like sitting on the sidelines for a week while they made sure you were okay to go but we've I've heard stories from, from guys that have had concerns um, while flying uh, and that same response shall we say did not meet their raised concerns so, so it, back to your question of,
0: yeah. well no so then is it like what is that
1: Well, I mean, this is there's a few areas of life where where it's almost rhetorical, right? I mean, we've been asking some of these questions for a very long period of time. I mean, Transport Canada, in particular, uh, and we've been pretty uh we've been pretty vocal about mr al Gabra, not from a personal standpoint but because i do think leadership uh, the buck stops somewhere eventually and if your entire department has abdicated responsibility for safe travel in this country then the buck does need to stop with you and so i've talked to i've talked to transport doctors and i've asked some questions uh and the answer i got was well i'll see if i can find it but for the most part, transport seems to be MIA, like they're just not there. It's like they turned out the lights and went home sometimes. Like we've got guys that have been off for various reasons, some of them not related to vaccines, some of them otherwise. And the, the aviation industry is, is facing an increasing uh, shortage of pilots, to make a long story short. Those those numbers that were put out over the past several weeks and they're pretty dire and they're going to get worse. So the airlines are very motivated to get these guys back on the line. So they've gone and seen a doctor and the doctor says, OK, whatever, you know, you got this going on with your leg or otherwise, like I can sign you off, but we need transport to, to essentially rubber stamp it and say you're good to go. These guys wait sometimes six months to a year before they get the paperwork done by transport to get them back on the line. And it's that that's I mean, that part probably baffles me even more because you think, well, the airline should have a reasonable lobby. They certainly have a better one than I do. Um, and why are they beating down the doors even harder to get transport uh, moving? But as far as this telemedical piece, um, Mr. Chartier, Noah Chartier with the Epic Times, uh, spoke to him last week, and he did some good work digging around with transport, and he actually got an answer out of a spokesman because it on if you go online, it says, "Well, we're going to stop this telemedical thing in in March." And I've spoke spoke to some political offices, and they say, well, we don't want to bring it up publicly because it looks like they're going to they're going to stop it in March." And I say. Guys, they've been been kicking it down the road for three years. Trust me, they're going to do it again. Sure enough, that's exactly what the the spokesman said. Transport intends to continue the use of telemedicine uh, until it determines how we can integrate it as a permanent feature in the aviation medical program, which just absolutely gobsmacks me. There is a reason we show up uh on an annual basis it's the same reason in my opinion we show up to do simulators every 4 to 6 months because guys need a kick in the rear to make sure they're continuing to either dig in the books or say uh yeah well, I got this issue or I got that issue and sit down and actually stick some you know probes on your chest to make sure that your ticker is working properly right
0: you think they're nervous of what they might find i mean that's such a hypothetical it's not even funny but you know like uh one is like well they, i mean the telemedicine is funny I'm like oh the telemedicine is funny because like you don't have to be an aviator to see that like i mean mm-hmm. there's times where you'll do a phone call conversation with a doctor now uh because of wait times and everything else if you got a sick kid right like it right it, the stories of that go have been going since you know covid started right like uh, we'll keep you out you know you just you let us know what your symptoms are and we'll prescribe something over the phone. You're like, right. oh yeah. boy, that's, that's where we're getting to. Uh, when it comes to like how far away we are now with avi- aviators in particular, it's like, so do they just not want to see what's there? And I, I don't, I, I mean, that's completely hypothetical. So don't feel like you have to, I don't want to pull you into something you don't want to be in.
1: No, I, I mean, I'm happy to speak to it. And, and and we've tried really hard with Free to Fly to be what I would call the adults in the room, where we're not going to wave our hands and, and, and scream and holler and jump up and down to get attention. We're going to try and be measured and nuanced and, and talk about things that are, are credible and factual. So your question requires a bit of a, a longer um, answer. Um the one thing I'll say is is we were very pointed in writing with Mr. Al Gaber last year on two occasions and those letters are on our website. And, and we positioned it as we've tried to from the start. Listen, we, we want the safety of our professionals. We want the safety of our passengers and we want the long-term economic viability of the airlines. And so would you please partner with us and answer some questions here? Some of which were related to what, what did we do to study these things along the way? Like, have you heard about uh, vaccine injury amongst, uh, amongst the uh, flight crew? Community. There was eight eight questions. None of them were particularly hard. It took eighty six days for Mister Al Gabbard to answer it. We we sent him the letter twice, um, and I sort of joked and said, "Well, in the transport world, if you compare it to waiting for a passport, I guess eighty six days is maybe he figured he was getting back to us quickly." But all we got in response were Liberal Party speaking points that the vaccines are approved by Health Canada, and, and that was it. So to answer your question, they don't want to answer specific questions. Um, We also asked questions early on about a line that had said previously that that pilots should not uh, participate in any sort of experimental uh, medical trial because we're we're not even supposed to take antihistamines and otherwise without consulting a doctor. So when we asked that question back in July 21, uh, we put this out as well. You can can see it visually. Uh, I think it's on our Twitter feed or something. They just full on took that sentence, which had been on the website for a decade plus, and they simply removed it. So there's a history that I would say is concerning. Um, but to your question, uh, which, which touches at least somewhat on aviation safety, we're definitely concerned. But I think at the same time, what we're seeing, some of what's happening in the States is, has frustrated me because it's, it's attempted to do exactly what we've been frustrated with the mainstream media for doing for three years, and that is weaponized fear. So we've got people down in the States on a couple of occasions that are talking about people in apartment buildings and homes and beaches should be concerned because of what's happening with pilots and aviation. And I'm thinking you want to summon nine 11 imagery to push your narrative. Seriously. Like, do you see what you're doing? You're falling to the same depths as the, the other side yeah. has done. And we can't do that. Um, and, and I, and I want to make this point because we do have people emailing us and saying, should I ever get in an airplane again? And I'm thinking, well, like are we trying to push the wf agenda by by keeping people out of airplanes because the nature sean of of a a pilot incapacitation is is this and i've seen social posts as well where people say well my my husband is doing pilot incapacitation training for the first time ever this must be COVID, like vaccine related and i was like "Well, 20 years ago in the military we were doing that so it's not it's not new so this is the part where i say i want to give a nuanced answer if I'm flying from Toronto to St. John's, let's say, and I'm up over Quebec City and the first officer like keels over all of a sudden, I don't know what's going on. The airplane isn't going to lose altitude it's it's going to continue trucking along at Mach decimal seven eight at flight level three six zero wherever it's going and but my 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 experience as the remaining pilot is going to become extremely busy for a short period of time so the priority for me is what i went back to is aviate first take control of the aircraft make sure everything's stable uh determine that things are stable that we're at altitude we're not going anywhere and then you know uh secure the other guy get his seat back get it locked if there's another pilot that's that's traveling with us maybe get him in the seat to help me if there's not then we'll get a flight attendant up there to help move this guy so what, what remains after that scenario is now I have to figure out where are we going? Okay, Quebec City is right underneath. Okay, let's get ourselves down from altitude. Let's plan the approach. Let's talk to the passengers. Let's talk to the flight attendants. So it, the risk is elevated, but the airplane isn't suddenly going to, you know, descend 30,000 feet and plow into an apartment. Uh, and I think it's important that people understand that. And, and I you know, I draw an analogy to to driving in a snowstorm, let's say, right? Um, I'm not just going to continue doing one hundred and twenty down the down the highway. Uh, blindly, I'm going to say, well, the risk is elevated. I'm not going to stop going and getting groceries if I need to. I'm not going to stop visiting my friends, but I'm going take uh, I'm gonna take some extra responsibility. Part of which we're trying to do is free to fly, which is saying to transport Canada, let's get these guys in. Let's create a permissive environment where if they are suffering some post- fax harm, Give them an environment where they can actually address it properly, whether it's D-dimer tests or, you know, ideally cardiac MRIs, which I say that in Canada and sort of chuckle because you can't get an MRI even if you're uh, in dire circumstance. But uh, anyway, so that's a, a very long question, but I appreciate the question, Sean, because it, it comes up a fair bit lately and people are starting to live in fear when it comes to flying. Um, and I think they need, do need to be concerned about the elevated risk because phase of flight, you know, if it's 100 feet takeoff or landing, it's a big deal. Um, If you're in cruise, which is the vast, vast majority of the time, um, it's it's an elevated risk scenario. Uh, The odds of both pilots having an incapacitation concurrently is extremely, extremely low. Um, But that's that's a long answer to, to your question.
0: Yeah, but uh, th- that's what you love about a, a a podcast format, Greg. I'm not worried about a long answer. I think you're you're doing a very good job. Like one of the things I hate and you've said it a couple of times is the amount of fear that both sides push. It's just fear 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 fear. Mm-hmm. And uh we lived in that world for I don't know what it was. I don't even want to think about it, but it's you know, 2 years plus and uh I I'm 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 pretty much done with it. I I like yeah. don't get me wrong. I think probably the more concerning thing listening to you talk is the fact that our government continues to not address things that all of us can just see like let's let's, let's just get to the bottom of this. This, this yeah. is this is this is, goes back to the 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 start of all my S&P presents, uh, especially moving forward, maybe not the first couple, uh, I always come back to the conversation I had with Mike Kuzmiskis. where just like, why aren't we solving problems and taking away the fear? Why must we continue? Right. And then uh, certainly there's going to be listeners who text me right now. I, I certainly understand um, parts of it, maybe lots of it, but it's across the board right now. And uh, what you're talking about is like, let's just, you know, Let's address the problems, let's figure them out. Let's get back to things that make sense and we continue to do things that aren't making a whole lot of sense
1: yeah well if you i mean if you ignore them, they're just gonna get worse right and it's the same you use an aviation analogy if if you're trucking across the ocean and you get a you know one of your inst engine instruments starts starts bobbling, you don't look out the window and start talking about the jays game and then hope that it goes away right. But that's kind of what we're, what we're doing. You, you've got to say, listen, like it's going to make, it's going to become really complicated. Some, somebody, and
0: probably... somebody should do a meme with Trudeau and a plane on fire. And he's just sitting there looking out the window, talking about the Jays with, you know, the transport minister. That would, that would be fantastic. Anyways, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, that that was that's a meme great, skirt. that's a, that's a great, uh, um, well, just picture. I can just visualize that instantly.
1: But the problem is that's that's what we're doing, right, with with whether it's this scenario or otherwise, is, is we're hoping that by ignoring it, uh, that it's somehow going to go away. And I think people are doing that on an individual personal level as well. I know some of our pilots are because they, they, they took the shot to save their job and they don't particularly want to dig into what's going on with them. And they hope if they just kind of take it easy for a few months, then it's going to get better. And I hope and pray honestly that it does, because nobody uh, nobody wants to see what they're going through. And some of these stories are just heartbreaking. Um, but, but unless you really address it, a, and I think there, there's the, there's an aspect of addressing it medically, but then there's an aspect of addressing it, I would say courageously and publicly, uh, because those stories do matter. If you look at what happened to Bob Snow, the pilot down in the States. Now, in fairness, he's on the tail end of his career. I would say he was, he was not too far away from retirement, uh, but good on him. And, and I think there's a calling for people that are in those positions and, and I, and myself included, right? Like Losing my job for a year sucked and it was hard for our family, but, but I'm in my fifties. There's, there's, there's some of our guys who were you know in their early thirties with three kids living downtown Toronto, they l- literally would have been out of a house and they a- unable to feed their kids in Toronto. But for someone like myself, there's a calling to stand up and say, no, like, like, we're not going to go down this road. So I would say the same for someone like Bob Snow. He, he courageously stood up. I don't know if you saw it yep. and <laughs> sitting there in the hospital and was like, look at what this did to me. Um, and there's a cost to doing so. There's there's the public exposure and the people that will vilify you. But there's also a cost with with what happens to your medical and perhaps uh, I would say maybe less so now because there's a lot of attention on it, whether your airline's going to go after you for speaking publicly or otherwise. Uh, so I think I think what we need is people who are willing to stand up and and be called and say this has happened to me and the consequences be what they may. I'm going to speak up about it because that's how we turn society around. And I think you know, you and I have talked about this before on previous podcasts. That's how you affect change. You go back to Solzhenitsyn and otherwise. There's, there's my standard Solzhenitsyn plug. But, but you know, you read the Gulag, and, and that was the lesson learned from it. Is is quietly going along and tiptoeing down the stairs while they march you away in hopes that it gets better. Doesn't end well.
0: And well, here here comes my standard plug for my idea right now, and I've said it on like ten concurrent uh, podcasts, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again. Uh, if you're sitting out there, you're listening to this and I'm speaking directly to men because sorry, ladies, I, I, I can't speak for the, the other, uh, sex. And uh, I just, for me in my life, you want to start, uh, to unravel some of the things that are stuck in your head, or you want to progress in life. You want to get to a position where you feel comfortable of like, no, this is what it, this is. I'm not going past here. Um, hmm. personally, uh, I think start a book club tomorrow and invite, three guys into it, five guys into it. There will be a number, you know, I, I'm just listening. I had a, it, the more I talk about it, the more people send me things about it. And, uh, I'm, which has been really fun. And I hope to take a little bit of a road trip, maybe across part of uh, Western Canada, at least, um, to, cause there's, there's men's groups all over the place. I'm finding out, which is really cool. And, uh, there's going to be, uh, one of the things that got sent to me was the Dunbar effect, which is, uh, you know, how many people you can have in a setting where it's, you know, um, most effective, and the number hmm. that that he talks about is the number four, and how it's a military number, and it, it's got a long history and whatever else. Anyways, the hmm. reason I bring it up is like you want society to change. Don't get me wrong. What Jordan Peterson talks about with Rogan and creating, I don't know, an anti-WEF or whatever it is. It's like okay, and then you know you 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 uh you brought up Bruce Party before we started In my conversation with him. It's like they're doing what they can out there. Sean's doing what he can out here and Greg's doing what he can there and everything else. And, uh, if you want to bolster that, uh, find a group of men that, uh, will sit and call your bullshit and talk about some ideas. Maybe, you mm-hmm. know, uh, uh Tim Moen's another one. Uh, I'm going to meet with them. Uh, they started one in Edmonton and, and, uh, he said it just like the change in his mindset from one meeting, let alone three consecutive meetings is, he, I forget the word he said. He was just so excited. He's like, "I can't believe I didn't know about this." I'm like, "No kidding." It's like yeah. you want things to change. Stop acting like a white knight's going to come in and yeah. just solve it. I mean, we're seeing it in Alberta right now. Daniel Smith is doing what she can, but she is going mm-hmm. to be attacked. And we can either sit there and go, "Oh, she's uh, you know XYZ and she's in on it and whatever else. It's like you think she's going to get that position. She's going to wave a wand and everything's just solved. No, this is right. like this is going to take time. Um, you know, anyways, that's, that's where my my standard plug is right now.
1: I love it, Sean. It's, uh, nobody's coming to save you. Put it that way. Right. No. Um, and I'm not saying that, and you're not saying you're saying the opposite. I mean, partnering with other people is, is absolutely critical. And, and a book club is, is a fantastic idea. Maybe, maybe don't start with the gulag. But uh, but you know read, that reading piece opens the world that uh, that is is absolutely phenomenal and and it's fascinating that you bring this up because I, I think we've all experienced uh, quite a a continuum since 2020 until now and and I'm no different and I'm sure you're not, Shauna. I've seen it just in in the nature of your podcasts. I'm a very, very different person than I was two or three years ago. And people say, oh, you know, it must have been hard. And I'm like, it was hard, but it was a crucible. Uh, and it forced me to get serious about things in life that I hadn't been serious about before, one of which was was my faith. Um, and and even just recently, this Aviate, Navigate, Communicate piece has been just a piece of of some other things I've been wrestling with. Even on a personal level, and thinking, am I actually doing a good job of some of these things? And the answer is no, I'm not. I'm not doing a good job because i I spend so much time hammering away at causes uh, that you know stuff around the house probably suffers. And and I'm not. I'm a bit of an introvert. I'm not prone to gathering with other people. But my wife and I have, have been doing just what you're saying, Sean, is making an effort to to get together. And, and, and spend time with, uh, with other couples who, who think the same thing. I've been getting together with with a buddy, Adam, uh, just the past couple couple of weeks. We'll get together at, at McDo's and have a coffee. And, and just that hour, just like you said, Sean, like he'll, he'll, he'll say something and I'm thinking, forest for the trees, like I, I just never saw it that way, right? Because I've been stuck in my own little cocoon and a lot of it's being blasted at me from my laptop, which isn't necessarily healthy. And sometimes we need people to wrestle through these things with us. And, and that only happens conversationally. It doesn't happen just while you're watching to a video or listening to a podcast. And, and I love podcasts. Don't get, don't get me wrong, right? But uh, I think we need that conversation to help unpack some of this stuff.
0: Well, I, I think uh, podcasts and and documentaries and YouTube videos and everything are great. They fill my brain full of ideas. Then I need mm-hmm. to go and wrestle with those ideas with somebody else who's maybe heard them, maybe not. I mean, that's yeah. what Solzhenitsyn did for us is it just it gave us something to argue about uh, or any book. You know, I, I mm-hmm. talk about Jurassic Park being one of the best books I've read in the last. And that's a Vance Crow. Shout out to Vance Crow if you're tuning in. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, that's a, another book, Michael Creighton, where I, I was just kind of like sideswiped. But geez, that was deeper than I thought. And then mm-hmm. you have all these ideas. But now, you know, for some, they can go write it. And Sean should probably write a little more but Sean likes to talk things out because it's how I make sense of the ideas that I think I I understand. And then to hear different perspectives come in on it's just super beneficial. Like, it's just, I don't know. I have this idea and I'm just like, I can't, I don't, I don't want to preach, you know, but it's like you you get the standard Solzhenitsyn plug. I'm like, I better do this because it's it's just to me right now, I just see the benefits. And if everybody started now, you know, in five Mm -hmm. years, where are we? We're in a better spot. I'm not saying we're out of it, but we're in a better spot.
1: No, and that's the nature of. The, I I just refer to it as drops in the bucket, and it's it's cliched. But but this is uh, it's the nature of change. It comes about by individual courageous action. And it it, it sounds like I'm an idealistic 18 year old, and every time it comes out of my mouth, I feel guilty for it because it it's not it's not sexy. And it's not fast. And the problem is, we live in a culture that wants both of those, right? We want things that are appealing visually and that happen quickly. Like, just tell me which piece of paper I need to complete and who I give it to, and then make this go away. It's like, no, we're talking years, right? we're talking years. We're, we might be
0: talking. We might be talking the rest of my 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 life, right? Like, I, well, I, Julie Julie Pinesi, When I, I man, I, I I can place myself sitting in the seat. Like it was yesterday when I'm like, so how long until we're out of this? Like, I just, I, I should go back and listen mm-hmm. to that conversation. And, you know, I'm going like, you know, three months, six months and her look on her face when I say that, uh, I should put that on the wall whenever I'm having an idea of like, oh yeah, we'll be out of this quick because she's like, no, 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 Like we're talking, I don't know, a long time. And I'm like, oh, I think you're right. Like, I you're right,
1: Sean. I mean, I, I say, I, I honestly feel we'll be battling this for me and I guess you can take some hope that I'm not 20 years old, you know, till, till the day I die. And Now, I'm, I'm thinking of it on a broader level uh, in terms of the digitization of life and the woke agenda and, and uh, what we're doing to kids and, and otherwise. And I know you've had people on that have spoken very eloquently to those things, but that can sound like a hopeless scenario. And then we circle back to where we were before, which yeah. was talking about this is why we need faith. This is why we need family. This is why we need community, because you can't sit there and try and be a warrior you're by yourself sitting in a desk. Uh, and I'm guilty of that myself. I'm not preaching. I'm saying I, I got to remind myself of this stuff on a regular basis. And I think what you're doing by, by calling people to things like men groups is, is, is fantastic because that's, I mean, it's, it's the nature of battle. You, you don't take a soldier and tell him, here's a gun and uh, run across a great divide and slaughter the enemy. Right. You're part of a platoon, which is part of a battalion, which is part of a a larger force. And that's how we affect change.
0: Well, and I was I'm glad you brought up the military. Now, in history, this has happened. But normally you do basic training, you do a bunch of different things because you just don't walk on the battlefield and act like, you know, (laughs) you give you give Sean Newman a gun and send him out to wherever. Probably I'm not going to make it that long. But you give them some training, you teach them some things, you show them some tactics, blah, 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 blah. You can extrapolate that out as long as you want. Yeah. Now my my uh, uh, percentage of survivability drastically increases. This is no different. You, you, you walk into uh, a, an argument or I just use, I mean, it's so, just the pandemic, every day it presented itself. And I was ill-equipped. Still at times I feel like I'm ill-equipped. Greg, I don't know about yourself. And the only thing that's helped get that better is having more conversations to try and arm yourself with as much intelligence and then are trying to articulate it and have people around you that support you because it is a tough road to slug. I mean, yeah. ah, it's, it's great having different people from all across the country that I know are doing the same thing. or they're they're, mm-hmm. There's people pulling on the rope. And if that doesn't give you hope, I don't know what will.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think, I think you got to, you have to don't take this the wrong way. Cause I don't want people to to go too far with it, but I think you've also got to look for the battle sometimes. And that goes back to what I was saying about this endless consumption of information, mm. right? Like we were talking even amongst some of our pilot community about which doctors to go see, uh, at a particular airline. And, and guys were trying to find, they were essentially trying to find the one who was the, the most like-minded to make it an easier experience. Right. And I said, well, I, and I'm not saying I'm inclined to do this myself, but I was like, well, how about finding the one who's the least inclined and then having an actual conversation about everything that's happened the last couple of years because that's how you affect change. Finding the, the, you know, the most permissive target isn't necessarily going to do it. And those conversations need to, again, be nuanced and professional and, and, and done in a way that, that respects the individual. But I think unless we call people that are stuck in a certain mode to, uh, to see some things that maybe they're not looking at, we're not gonna. We're not gonna affect change, and that's what I mean by by find, finding the battle and actually bringing bringing something to it.
0: Hmm. That's really. Mm, that's an interesting. Uh, I, I I would agree with that because continuous, and I'm I'm sticking to my war analogies, I guess, but continuous like war is draining. Like you know you got to take. Like I don't know how many people. I'm gonna use the word burnout or depression mm-hmm. or something along that lines that that just like got to the point and just like i just i gotta focus on myself for a bit and and had yeah. some you know and uh hey a hand up right here i'm no different i took two months off podcasting uh to uh you know get myself in the right uh, mind frame and everything else after Ottawa to just mm-hmm. be like like okay let's let's take a step back uh and and, and start to uh focusing and get my, cause, and I wasn't the only one, like, I, I don't know how many yeah. times I hear different people. Now, as I blabber on here, uh, Greg, we, we've, uh, we've passed the, the time for the listener. Uh, I sent Greg a time and then, uh, I didn't honor that time. Cause I've written it down in my book as a different time. Um, do I have you for any more time or should we, should we, uh, let you get on to your next, uh, meeting? Cause, uh, I don't want to, um, you know, cause the butterfly effect in a, in a negative way across your timeline.
1: No, I'm just looking here and, uh, no, I think I've got a, I got a few more minutes, put it that way.
0: Well, well then I'll put it to you this way. W- you know, uh, we've, we've, uh, we've done what a, any good podcast seems to do. We've strayed from where we started from, but that's, that's the, the, you know, that's what I enjoy about it. Um, when, when, uh, when you look at, you know, the road ahead. Uh, and different things coming in uh, the world of pilots and that type of thing. Is there anything that sticks out to you or maybe that we've, 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 you know, omitted uh, that we haven't got to before I let you out of here?
1: Well, I mean, the one piece we discussed as far as the, the pilot uh, post-vax harm, I think is, is key to bring up. And I appreciate the opportunity to, to, to speak to, uh, to what I'd call a, a credible outlook for it, that we, we should have elevated uh, concern. Um, I, I do like to recognize, uh, you know, the fact that there's that while I'm back to work, there's 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 others within our industry and across the employment uh, sphere that are not back to work because uh, because they weren't offered their jobs back. And, and and I, you know, I like to give a shout out to those principled men and women who continue to stand by uh, their convictions. And, and, and why aren't
0: really... they why aren't they offered their jobs back, Greg?
1: Uh, well, to get into the nitty gritty of it, and I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll name names as far as airlines go because I don't have any problem doing so. And it's uh, in this case, the ones I'm thinking about are, are WestJet uh, pilots and flight attendants. There was a, a small group of them uh, that did not go on a leave of absence because they wouldn't sign the paperwork accordingly uh, because it required crossing lines from a health freedom standpoint they weren't OK with. So they were terminated. Uh, and then when the vaccine mandate was suspended, a word I use carefully, uh those who were on the leave were, were offered their jobs back. And this particular crowd, and it's a small crowd, were offered their jobs back contingent that they sign uh, all sorts of conditions, uh, one of which was, for instance, uh, setting aside any grievances they had, not pursuing legal action, attesting to the fact that WestJet uh, satisfied all the requirements of the Human Rights Code and the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, essentially asking them to, uh, to lie and sign sign at the bottom of the page saying that this is how you were treated um, and then probably an NDA uh, non, a non-disclosure agreement on top of that and to a man and woman all the ones that I've spoken to refuse to do so and they continue uh, to be barred access to a job that they spent a long time training for and that they loved and were passionate about so uh, my hat is off uh, to to them, and I think it's important to point that out because people do have this false idea that uh, that we've, we've all gone back to normal. And I'm acutely aware, um, you know, the, these guys have got young families uh, and they're still struggling because they are standing on principle and they're not getting any attention or fanfare for it or otherwise. They're just grinding it out. Uh, some of them in fairly menial jobs, making ends meet, as they as they did, uh, and the rest of us did. And, and some of us are blessed to be back to work, but not everybody is.
0: Yeah, well, maybe uh, off offline, we should uh, throw around a couple of those names because maybe maybe there is something we can do on this side to to you know tell a story, or if they're interested in talk about it, I don't know if they are, but I think it'd be an an interesting perspective to hear that uh, you know I remember the video of the WestJet pilots. Uh, um, putting all yeah. the flight gear in front of the head office. Um, uh, geez, yeah. that seems like a lifetime ago. Um, yeah. but, uh, I assume uh, a few of those fine folks are the ones you're talking about. And if they're interested in sharing some of their story, uh, you know, uh, certainly yeah. always open to hearing, uh, about people's convictions and why they, you know, I mean, when you talk about signing things, I really, mean, it makes perfect sense to me, but it's always more powerful when it comes out of, uh their voice instead of just talking about it from, from afar.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, there's beautiful things that go on behind the scenes that we don't talk about either because they're, you know, within the community of, of those who were out of work and then were back, you know, guys pass the hat around Christmas time and put some cash together for some of these guys. So there, there's good things happening behind the scenes, but you're not going to replace uh, a lifelong career and a six figure right. income by having the hat passed at Christmas time.
0: Yeah. Um, but in saying that those beautiful stories need to be told as well, because yeah, no, for sure. I mean, um, yeah, there, it, it doesn't matter. The occupation it doesn't matter if we're talking, um, uh, pilots or, you know, um, dad tells, uh, I don't know if it's dad who tells a story. Maybe it's one of his best friends. Anyways, he used to truck across Canada and, uh, um, they must've been dad who told the story. Jeez. I'm, I'm talking to myself now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, anyways. You're not even 50 what, yet. Yeah, that's right. Anyways, the story goes he had a heart heart attack on the road out in the middle of Ontario, and you know he's got this young family back west, and we can, you know, as far as I know, we couldn't afford to fly him home or anything, right? And now the truck's burnt up, and he's sitting in a hospital, and my mom can't get out there because you know she's got five kids at all Anyways, and the truckers all all pitched in together and flew him home, right? Those stories. Huh. Yeah, yeah. are are what humanity's all about so they need to be right. shared uh so i appreciate you talking even if it is a little bit uh the thought that counts and 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 you know actions you never know where those little tiny actions lead to uh mm-hmm. they can have big real world uh consequences and i mean that in the most uh, uh in the best way yeah
1: no i appreciate you giving us a platform
0: well, I appreciate you hopping on and I want to make sure you get, I, I joke about myself, but, uh, I appreciate you coming on and, and giving me some time this morning. Uh, Greg, you know, it's one of these friendships that's been built through exactly this. Someday we will meet, uh, I hope yep. a handshake, uh, or, or what have you either way. Um, have a great day and I appreciate you coming on and we'll see where, uh, where we meet the next time. Sounds Hopefully. good. No, you're doing great work. Hopefully, under better better circumstances. Hopefully, uh, That's some right. things start to make sense. Either way, have a great day, Greg.
1: Thanks, John.